0: The question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad.
1: History is playing out right before our eyes during today's show. When Dean Smith retired right before the 97 season, there was shock, there was sadness, and it was truly a where were you kind of moment in this state. This April Fool's Day will be remembered the same way when the news dropped at around 10 a.m. this morning that Roy Williams was retiring as North Carolina's basketball coach. For the next four hours, I'd be surprised if we talked about any other subject. We could have jam-packed today's show with former players, but rather than do that, we'll just catch up with national champion Kenny Williams in 30 minutes and leave a lot of room for your phone calls and thoughts on Roy at 336-777-1600, and on Twitter, at Triad. Thinking all day how to best sum up Roy Williams' legacy, I've found it's almost impossible to overstate what he's been as a coach. He saved Carolina basketball. That's not an overstatement. When you consider where this place was, what was happening behind the scenes after the 8-win season in 2002, When that happened, you had the Matt Doherty season. Coach Doherty's going to be with us on tomorrow's show. The program wasn't operating the way it would have under Dean Smith behind the scenes. It was a mess, and even the Blue Bloods need saving at points. Kentucky needed it, and they got it with John Calipari. Kansas would have been in a bad spot if it wasn't for Bill Self being as tremendous of a coach as he was following in Roy's footsteps. But Carolina basketball, no question, needed it in 2003 when Roy took the job. Dean Smith wanted him to be the guy. He returned and he saved this program and won three national titles and became one of the most important figures in this state's history. That's not overstatement. But don't forget, he also saved the Kansas basketball program. That's a big part of the legacy, too. We can spend all the time we want talking about what he did at North Carolina. I feel that's only half of it. Even though he didn't win a national title for the Jayhawks, following Larry Brown, he stepped into a program that was under probation and in just a couple of years took it to the Final Four where they lost to Grant Hill and company in that national championship game, I think in 91. He quickly turned around that boat. That was in his third season, just the second season after probation. He saved two programs that were both Blue Bloods, that are both Blue Bloods. He won 400 games at Carolina, 400 games at Kansas. No coach has ever won in Division I, 400 games at two separate programs, let alone done it at Blue Bloods. I know some people are going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but I don't think it's deniable, Sawyer Dillon, that Roy Williams' basketball resume is better than Dean Smith's. That doesn't mean he's had the same impact as Dean. You can't have that type of impact. Dean elevated Carolina basketball to a point where Roy could continue what Dean did. But sheer X's and O's, sheer volume of games, Roy Williams' basketball resume was better than Dean Smith's. He won more games and less times out. He won more national titles, if, if that's something you're interested in. I mentioned that he did it at a couple different places. I believe it to be true, there would not be a Roy Williams without a Dean Smith. There's no question about it. But from a sheer basketball volume, if we're just talking about X's and O's, it's not overstatement. I think it's a fact that Roy's resume was better than Dean's. Which is, it's amazing what he's been able to do over 18 seasons in Chapel Hill. He isn't underrated, because I think most people realize he's one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever. But I do feel somehow he was underappreciated. Those are not synonymous words. You can be underappreciated and not underrated. Nobody denies that Roy is a great coach, but the way he was treated by Carolina fans after losses to NC State or to Duke or losing in the NCAA tournament or losing in the ACC tournament, it was the worst of Carolina fans, the most annoying thing that they did. NC State fans, they often rail on the referees and uh, you know it's just a thing that fans do at points. But I never understood over the last decade, oh, Roy's lost a step. Roy, we we should get rid of Roy. We need a new coach. We can do better. His name's on the floor for a reason. Because he can not only continued what Dean Smith did in Chapel Hill, he elevated North Carolina basketball to another level. And I think back in 2003, even when Roy took the job, I don't think in anybody's largest imagination they would have thought Roy could do what he has done. That's how I look at Roy's legacy. It's almost impossible to overstate it. 336-777-1600 is the number. Let's see what Ed in Winston-Salem thinks. I think of Ed as this stoic Tar Heel fan, not a sap, like Sawyer Dillon. Sawyer's not a sap either. How are you feeling today, Ed, about the news that Roy's retired?
0: Uh, very, uh, very sad and, you know, disappointed and, uh, but Roy done a great job there. And I was just telling Robert, uh, Josh, I grew up in the state of, uh, Kansas and I'm going to date myself here. I saw the 57 championship game. I was a freshman in high school, small, a, I think it was a 19 inch black and white. And little did I know at that time, I'd be living in North Carolina and be falling for the, uh. You know, Tar Heels, but, uh, you know, a very sad situation, but I'm sure that they'll find someone, you know, regardless if it's in the Carolina family or someone outside, they'll do a great job. We may have to suffer a year or two, but I think they'll be back, and uh, best of luck to Roy and his family. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for the call, uh, Ed, and that's also Sawyer taking the call. Can I hear your best Robert Walsh impression? Uh yeah guys so like what we're gonna do uh, Roy Williams was a really great coach right <laughs> is that your attempt at a southern accent it's Robert he has like a loud but he like also is like kind of squeakish sometimes I gotta figure it out so we'll continue to take calls more than we normally do 336-777-1600 if you want in on today's show we'll talk about who might be next in about ten minutes and twenty minutes it'll be Tar Heel great Kenny Williams the national champion joining us here. I've been very emotional today. I, Unlike you, Sawyer, and Ed, clearly, too, I am a sappy person. Multiple women, people in my life, have seen me cry outside of my family. That's a good way to figure out if you're an emotional person. If more than two people outside of your family have seen you cry, you might be a sap. And I'm emotional, not because... I'm a fan of North Carolina, which I'm not. Sawyer is, and many of you might be. I've been pretty clear that I'm I'm not really emotionally attached to any of the teams that I cover around here. I used to be a Panther fan until I started working in that space, covering it in the media. I love the Baltimore Orioles. Great way to have opening day, to have your first game postponed due to rain against the Boston Red Sox. And I like the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm emotionally attached to them, but never really was emotionally attached to the college teams. But I was still very emotional today. And this might sound really hokey, but it's true, and I think maybe a lot of you can relate to this. Roy Williams, like Coach K, like Dean Smith, he's responsible for college basketball continuing to feel really big in this state. College basketball is our pro sports. It's something that's staggering to people who aren't from here. Wait, you talk about college basketball 12 months out of the year? Yeah, that's how big of a deal it is around here. There aren't many places that's the case. College basketball is a niche sport that people follow in the month of March. Everywhere else in the country, pretty much, short of Lexington, Louisville, here in the Triad, the state of North Carolina, and maybe a couple other places. I'm emotional today because growing up in this state, falling in love with this sport, I have to think a big part of the reason are figures like Roy Williams, right? And our crown jewel, it's what I call it, Duke Carolina, the best rivalry in college sports, I'd argue, in all of North American sports. (laughs) It's never going to be the same again. It can't be the same again. And that's a disappointing thing. I felt this way when I went to my first Duke Carolina game years ago that I am so grateful and thankful that I'm getting a chance to watch this while the two Hall of Fame coaches are still going at it. Because without that, I think you lose something massive. You lose a connection to history. In Roy's sense, a connection to Dean Smith himself being a Hall of Famer. Coach K, I think we're going to go over similar things with that. But who do you bring in to make Carolina basketball feel as big as it did with Roy Williams on that sideline? I don't think you can. I don't think you can replicate that. He's the best our state's had to offer. Talking about overstatement again, it being really hard to do. If you're talking about North Carolina Natives, which would then eliminate Dean Smith, for example, and Cam Newton, and Rod Brindamore, and some of the other uh, Kimba Walker, Charlotte Hornets, um, North Carolina Natives, Roy Williams, I think, without a doubt, is on that Mount Rushmore, representing our best ideals. Michael Jordan, we're counting him. I know he was born in New York, but he was a Tar Heel. He was talking to Rick Bennell today and had some comments about Roy and his early memories of him selling calendars out of his car the first time he arrived in Chapel Hill and saw Roy. Um, there's Jordan, no doubt about it. There's Dale, uh, Dale Sr., the Intimidator. Uh, Richard Petty, just bigger-than-life figures. And Roy Williams is right there coaching high school basketball, never been given anything, embraced his southern twang and southern roots and never abandoned them, Uh, and coaching at North Carolina, and always so cognizant about handling things the way Dean Smith did. He's the best, among the best, that our state's ever had to offer. We're not going to Gary and Winston-Salem. We can maybe catch Gary when we get back from a timeout because Kenny's going to join us in a little over 15 minutes. Also, who's going to replace Roy? This is, I think, the biggest talking point on the internet right now and across the world of sports. I think Bubba Cunningham's list should consist of five names and no more than that. And I'll tell you who those names are next. One of the funniest... Carolina basketball broadcast moments I can remember is when I heard somebody doing a game five years ago or so, and they said on television, Here's Kenny Williams, no relation to Roy. It cracked me up, but if you saw how close Roy became with his former players, especially the four year guys, you might think they are blood. Kenny Williams now joins us. He is in Chapel Hill getting set uh, for the press conference. Roy Williams getting set to officially retire. Kenny, it's a pet peeve of mine when people disingenuously and reactively ask somebody how they're doing. But in this sense, I'm sincerely wondering, how are you holding up today?
2: Uh, man, it's it's actually tough, man. Um, because I think part of it is because it came as such a shock um, to everybody. Uh, you know, it happened this morning. Um... Man, it's it's tough to put into words. It's, it's tough on the Chapel Hill community, I'm sure. Uh, you know, just to see one of the legends go out. Um, but at, on top of that, you know, I'm glad he was able to go out on his terms, fully healthy. Uh, so there's some good in it for him on his side of it.
1: Why was it so important for you to be there in person today?
2: Because of what, he's, what Coach Williams has meant to me. Um, you know, there was... I was sitting at home in Richmond um and there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be there uh you know just because of what he's meant to me what he's allowed me to do um you know just who he is you want to support him in all that he's doing and you know I think he's if he's come to this decision he's he's at peace with it and I want to support him in that
1: Kenny Williams with us here national champion for the Tar Heels years ago mm-hmm. How did you find out this morning?
2: Um, so they actually sent us an email uh, before they put the presser out. Uh, just, just basically saying what the presser said, and uh, that's how we all found out. Um, you know, we we actually thought, you know, we wanted to we wanted it to be an April Fool's joke, <laughs> but then we realized that coach wouldn't joke about something like this, so. Uh, yeah, that's how I found out.
1: First text, first call. Who was it?
2: Justin, for sure. Why? Uh well, we're so close like that's That's my that's one of my best friends. So he's always one of the first people that I call, um especially if it's Carolina news. I actually woke him up. He gave me a hard time about that. <laughs> uh so this is he literally woke up to that, um but, you know, he's that's that's my guy. He's one of my best friends. How many he former hasn't been for years?
1: How many former guys do you know are going to be at the press conference today? Any idea?
2: I I have no idea. I'm sure um it would be a lot more had we known about it. But, you know, like I said, it, it came so suddenly to everybody.
1: Let's look at um your background. As you mentioned, you're from Virginia. Do you remember the first time you ever spoke to Roy Williams?
2: Oh man. Yes. I remember like it was yesterday, man. It was I just got finished with the workout at high school at my high school. Went over to my grandmother's house and, you know, I'm sitting outside the uh sitting outside the house, um and you know, the number popped up. I had no idea. You know, at the time I was I was getting, you know, some calls from some unknown numbers. I had no idea and answered the phone and he introduced himself and that's when it was like oh, my goodness, this is Roy Williams. Uh Honestly, you know, from being so excited, I probably didn't barely even listen to the conversation. But, you know, getting out of the car, I got out of the car, and sorry, I just got off the phone with Roy Williams. And, you know, it was big for me because growing up, you know, Carolina was always the place that I wanted to be. Um, it was a place that I wanted to come play for. But, you know, it's different when you have a dream and, you know, you kind of see that dream, you know, coming to fruition. So
1: that was a really cool moment for me. A hallmark of Dean Smith and now Roy Williams has always been once guys are done playing, they're still part of the family and they constantly stay in touch. See, you just got done playing basketball in the bubble uh, in the uh, G League and the San Antonio Spurs system. We're chatting here with Kenny Williams. How often would you say you and Roy um, correspond with each other after your playing day?
2: Uh. You know, he would always, always respond. Um, you know, I tried to, I tried to keep up with him every now and then. Um, you know, not too much during basketball season, just because I know he has a lot on his plate. Uh, but it's never a time when, you know, I'm calling him and he doesn't pick up. So, uh, you know, if we, if whenever you need something, we know that, you know, he's there. His phone is always open for us.
1: A couple more things. Kenny Williams, national champ with us here on Sports Hub Triad. When you get a chance to talk to Roy after the press conference, what's the first thing you're going to tell him?
2: Thank you. Uh, you know, there's, not, there's really nothing else for you to say. Um, you know, it's just he's he's opened up so many opportunities for me that I could say there's nothing else that I could say besides thank you. Um, you know, we might, I might joke with him a little bit about something, but. Uh, the most sincere thing would be thank you.
1: What do you think is the greatest lesson you learned from him when you consider the lows of lows losing at the buzzer in a national title game and the highs of highs winning the year after that? What do you think? Is it basketball? Is it something else? What did you learn most, do you think, from Coach? Um, Well,
2: we always had thoughts of the day in practice. Um... And one of my favorite ones was, and I, I don't know who quoted this or where he got it from, but it was, it was one of my favorites. He, it goes, you can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. And that one always sit with me because there's so many things out of our control in life uh, that we can't, like, there's nothing we can do about it. But, you know, the things that we can't control uh you know you control them to the best of your abilities um and I think that's the best thing that I get from that, but you know aside from that um you know just the way he attacked things wasn't anything necessarily that he said, but it you was know, just the way that he attacked basketball and coaching and you know just wanting wanting to get better uh you know just seeing that every single day it has no no you have no choice but it for it to resonate with you so. Um, you know, I learned a lot from him just from watching uh, how he went about things.
1: How much is he going to cry today, Coach Williams? Yeah, uh, he,
2: he's going to cry a lot. I, I can already <laughs> see that because he's already emotional, anyways, and you know he loves this place so much. But he's definitely going to cry a lot. How about you? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think I'll cry. Um, it'll definitely be sad just seeing one of the uh, one of the best best of the best walk away, Um, you know, somebody that's meant so much to me, but we'll see. We'll see. It's to be determined.
1: Kenny, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you'd spend time here in the triad today on your way to Chapel Hill to, to, to go to the Roy Williams press conference. I know how much he means to you. Thank you for the time. I'm sure we'll catch up sometime soon.
2: Thank you, Josh.
1: You got it. Kenny Williams, national champion, joining us from the Tar Heels, Sawyer, are you going to cry today? Are you going to hold up for me? Are you going to be strong? If I have to hear any video of him speaking, maybe during the press conference, some, um, a tear might fall, but so far I've done pretty good. Oh, come on. I know you a little bit. I know, I know that you're somebody that's probably going to get pretty emotional. Even though you, you keep it pretty cool at times. I, I'm impressed by it. Um, for example, Justin Timberlake, your hero, Your favorite musician flips you a guitar pick and you act like it's just no big deal. So maybe I'm reading you all wrong and you're going to be all right. But as Kenny's telling those stories there, come on now, I'm not trying to do the Rinaldi thing where I ask people questions with the little piano, the world's smallest piano playing trying to get people to cry. That's not what I'm trying to do here, but you can just hear the emotion all over the place today. There's definitely a lot. I know, like even talking with my friends and just like reminiscing on moments with videos, it's like a. Lo- it was a very emotional morning. It does. So I keep hearing people say that this came out of nowhere, and that they're absolutely stunned by it. Is it strange that I'm not I'm not stunned by today's news. We talked about this as it relates to coach Kay and Roy uh, a few months ago. Chris Patola first put the idea in my head. I started thinking about it a little bit. We started talking about it. Had media, had fans saying I'm being alarmist and irresponsible for even suggesting something like this could happen. And here we are today. Now, I've said many times, if I had to guess, I would probably guess they coach for three to five more years than finish up after this season. But would it surprise me, or would it surprise you is the question that I put out. Months ago. And it's the most common question that I've received when I do sports talk radio shows as a guest. How much longer does Roy and Coach K have? How much longer are they going to coach? Who's going to be their successor? Well, now we're in it. And the next week, it's going to be crazy trying to follow all of it. And we'll keep you covered on everything that's happening the best that we can. But going a bit further, if you want to really look at the signs where this all came from, Roy Williams decided to retire today. I'll tell you why they were all sitting right in front of us. And we'll continue to take your calls. 336-777-1600. All that's next on The Drive. Via text, via email, national, local, regional responses to Roy Williams deciding to retire. We've got the press conference that will be coming up in 15 minutes, so if you want to hear it live, you can listen to it here. We'll get back to your phone calls now that we've heard from Kenny Williams. 336-777-1600. Who do you think should be next? What did you make of the news today? So much to try and explore to, to fully cover this story for you. I wasn't surprised. Stunned by the news today I, I was uh, I wouldn't say it was expected, but the signs were all sitting in front of us here. Remember after the Duke game Sawyer? they beat uh, Duke and they won by a ton at the Smith Center in what will now be remembered as Roy's final game coaching in Chapel Hill. He did something strange. I know he's always appreciated the fans, and he justified it as much after the game saying. I wasn't doing anything strange, people saying that I'm on my way out and things. Uh, I was just appreciating the fans in a tough year, COVID. The Smith Center has been really good to us. But he kissed the the center court logo the, the final game at the Smith Center. It's just a strange thing to do, and it's reasonable for people to wonder why he did that at the end of his 18th season and didn't do that at the end of his 17th or 16th or 15th or 14th, so on and so forth. There's the Antoine-Jameson connection, which I truly believe Coach Williams did not know about, where apparently Antoine did the same exact thing his final game in the Smith Center. You have the donations he was making. I don't really read too much into that, considering Roy's always given back to the university, as he's pointed out. But I think largely it's just his overall level of emotion that was kind of strange. If not for him, knowing something ahead of time that he might retire, kissing the floor. After the Wisconsin game, he lost. He's in tears in the press conference. I don't think that's typical Roy Williams emotion. I think he had a sense that this was going to be the end for him. Next thing, this is probably something he he might acknowledge it, but I doubt he will. The changing world of college basketball. I truly believe Roy is in favor of NIL. He's talked about it with us on this show. I think the example he brought up was How does Peyton Manning go to the University of Tennessee and he's the best player in college football and he's not able to make any money off it? He's given that example to us. So those who are saying, Roy's not in favor of NIL, I think everything suggests it's to the contrary. But the college basketball framework is changing, which might make it difficult for him to recruit the same way he has To run a program the way he has, the way that Dean Smith taught him to do so. The game's evolved so much that things you have to do in order to win at the top level, it might in the future contradict some of the core values that Roy Roy Williams has always had with his programs. I think about the one-time transfer. Roy was asked about this a month ago, and this is another red flag that was raised when I heard Roy answer a question about the one-time transfer this way.
3: I think it'll be the most significant piece of legislation that's ever happened in college basketball. I'm old school. I believe if you have a little adversity, you ought to fight through it, and it makes you stronger at the end. I believe when you make a commitment, that commitment should be solid, and it should be to do everything you can to make it work out.
1: He's old school. The way he's always done it, you follow through on your commitment. The one-time transfer... It's something that's hurting his program right now. Walker Kessler, I'm going to go transfer it we don't know where. Gonzaga or somewhere like that. And It's now just requiring so much work for coaches that it wouldn't surprise me if Roy told his players earlier today on a Zoom call at 10 a.m. that his heart just wasn't in it anymore. That his heart, he, he just didn't know if he could bring the same enthusiasm There's a chance that maybe it wasn't as fun the last couple of years for Roy as it normally was, and if he wasn't going to be able to summon the amount of effort and enthusiasm he felt was necessary to be the head coach at the University of North Carolina, well, it was time for him to go. I I have a feeling, and that's what we're seeing from some of the various reports with players speaking off the record, talking about things, but... um. I'm interested to hear what Roy's going to say about a number of things here. Last thing, what he loves the most, two things stand out. Off the court, away from the basketball program. He loves golf and he loves his grandchildren. Those are two things he loves spending time and playing with his grandchildren. Those are two things you can't do in a wheelchair. Those are two things you can't do you know, except if you're present, if you're if you're there, and you're able to, you know, <laughs> spend ample time with it. And I, I know that's what Roy's going to do in retirement. He's going to spend every waking moment he can with those grandchildren and with his children, and also with uh, the game of golf that he loves so much. So the signs—they were all there. You might feel like you don't want to acknowledge it at points, but the signs—they were pretty much there. Three three six seven seven seven. is the phone number. We're on Twitter, at Triad. Let's check in on the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball who's checking in here. I won't say his name. I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name. The unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball wants in on Roy Williams. What do you got?
4: Well, it's a dark day for Tar Heel Nation there, Josh Graham. It is a dark, dark day. You can talk about your signs and carrying on. Listen, we at Tar Heel Nation, we ain't Helen Keller. We're not sitting here looking for no signs, Josh Graham. Okay, we was enjoying the ride. And to know that Coach Roy Williams' last game was getting drugged by Wisconsin in the first round of the NCAA tournament doesn't sit well. This ain't how Roy was supposed to go out, Josh Graham. Roy was supposed to go out with a parade, sitting on top of an elephant, him and Wanda, riding down Franklin Street with the masses of people just screaming and cheering on his greatness. Not like this. Not like this. Not after two horrible seasons.
1: Not like this. We got you, we got this you the music not... now, B Dot. Don't run out of don't run out of steam. I'm not running out of steam. This is just not how
4: we expect it to send off Boy Williams. And I'm I'm with you, Sawyer. I'm with you, Sawyer. Everybody's wanting to talk about who's the next coach. Who gives a damn who the next coach is? Let's get Roy his flowers. Let's, let's love Roy. Let's look at Roy videos and hear him say "Thank coming and drop curse words and heckle Josh Graham on national television for Charles Barkley to call Josh Graham an idiot. <laughs> We're never going to have those moments again from Roy. I like to call him Raw, R-A-W, because those are his initials. And I was going to call him Coach Raw all next season. But damn it, Josh, I don't get to do that now. And why? It's because it's April Fools and Roy decided the oh, today of all days that he would like to say, hey, hey, you know what? I quit. I quit. I quit. quit." He (laughs) didn't want to do it yesterday. He didn't want to do it tomorrow. He chose the worst day, the day where everybody tells jokes. And ain't a damn thing funny about this, Josh Graham? There's nothing funny about this, Josh Graham. It is no secret why, Josh Graham, that the sky is Carolina blue and it's cold outside because the world is confused. We did not expect this to happen, Roy. So don't ask me about who should be the next coach. I don't care who the next coach is. He won't have 903 wins. He won't say dadgummit. He's going to have a standard set so high that it's going to be damn near impossible for him to be successful. Insert Bill Guthridge. Insert Matt Downey. And don't you tell me that ain't what we're looking for, Josh, or that ain't what we're looking at, because that's dang sure exactly where we're headed. Took us two coaches before Roy came home. And that's what's going to happen this time. We're in peril. Tar Heel Nation, we are not okay. We are not. Roy, I'm so conflicted because I want to celebrate Roy, but I'm so angry with Roy. You were supposed to let Coach K leave first, Roy, not you. We were supposed to get our face back from just looking so hard with these last two seasons, Roy, and now we don't even get the opportunity to do so. It's a sad day in Tar Heel Nation, Josh Graham. In Tar Heel faithful. We are not okay.
1: I'll see you on IG Live tonight. I love you, brother.
4: Love you too, Josh Brown.
1: There he goes. It's the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball. I realized I said his name unintentionally there. Hope we don't give him get him in trouble as a result of that. Um, yeah, there was a lot to get to from that, and I think a lot of Tar Heel fans are feeling the same exact way that the unofficial Tar Heel mascot is. Check this out. We're on in five. This is the
0: drive with Josh Graham.
3: Okay, let's get this show rolling. Hit it.
0: On Sports
1: Hub Triad. This is going to be the highlight of my day. It's kind of a bummer, Roy Williams deciding to retire, just because we're not going to see a Hall of Famer on the sidelines for North Carolina basketball in all likelihood next year, and it's probably going to change some of the rivalries. We love regarding the Tar Heels as well. It was even more of a bummer to hear Roy in his press conference talk about how he wasn't enough, and there was a lot of problems he felt he was responsible for the last couple of years. I always appreciated his candor in these press conferences, but it was kind of sobering to hear that. To cheer me up, it's Ed Harden here, and goodness, it's great to see him writing again has a column up that you can find at greensboro.com and in the pages, I'm sure, of the Greensboro News and Record. Ed is one of the best writers we've ever had around here, and we'll talk fishing, I'm sure, by the end of this. But, uh, Ed, how would you try and differentiate what Roy represents to the North Carolina basketball program versus the man he tried to emulate, Dean Smith?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, Roy was... Is a North Carolinian. Um, he's he's the only I think the only person born in North Carolina to actually win a national title, and of course Dean was from Kansas, and just that's the main difference in just the way they were brought up. Roy was brought up tough, you know, hard scrabble upbringing, and never had it easy even in his basketball days coaching. Um, he came up harder than than dean did and he coached differently i mean from the beginning you could tell that he was not coaching like dean smith coached even though he said it even though he's been telling us that for 33 years you know it's he's completely different coach than dean smith different style of game obviously different athletes but it's it's kind of hard to describe them. I mean, I covered Dean, and he did it his way, and Roy did it his way, and I think that was the thing they most had in common was they were both stubborn as hell. They refused to change. And the fact that Dean couldn't change or wouldn't change is why he walked away. And I get the impression deep down that that's why Roy walked
1: away, too. I, I can sense that, especially when he was talking about the expression opting out and talking about... NIL and the one-time transfer, you know, these are things that might contradict some of these staples, some of these values that he's instilled in his program for a long time. And one of the ones, probably chief among them, is loyalty. More than anything else, that's not really uh, a thing that we see a lot in college basketball anymore, but more than anything else, I'm glad you point out he's a North Carolinian because I don't know – with whoever they hire next, if that's what we're going to get, that you're going to get somebody that grew up with a really hard background and had to fight for everything they had. It's why I think when we remember some of the most important figures from our state, North Carolinians, it's guys who came up like Michael and Dale and Petty, and I think Roy's right there up with those guys, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I essentially wrote that today. That the thing we'll most remember about Roy is that he was one of us, and he, you know, he made us look good. He was, uh, he was a hell of a coach, but he was a good man too. And I think that's the most important thing, and the most, the most thing that North Carolinians are proud of—that
1: uh,
0: our own people are pretty darn good.
1: So, yeah. What were some of the your favorite encounters with Roy over the last 15, 20 years, or maybe even further back than that?
0: Um, Roy and I always got along. and I wrote some really, really tough columns about him and about his program and about his school, and he never held it against me. Every time he saw me, he would... Have a huge smile on his face. He would fake like a boxer, like he was going to punch me in the stomach, and you know we just kind of cut up. and I can remember some of the moments. There was a time he had a good friend in Greensboro who died, and I was the one who told him that. And it was during the ACC tournament, I believe. See, the ACC or the NCAA in Greensboro. But Steve Kirshner came up in the press room. Their SID tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Coach." Coach Williams wants to talk to you. And I walked into this little ante room there in the Coliseum and we just sat down and and Roy just started telling stories and crying about his friend and about the the nineteen fifty seven undefeated North Carolina team and just he's just a genuine person. You know, that's what I'll always remember about him. He wasn't this there was no bombast to him. He didn't it wasn't about him. It was always about the program. It was always about the players, and I think right up to the to the end, what we saw today was uh, vintage Roy.
1: Ed Hardin, with us here, will it be possible to recapture what Roy brought? Because this is, we can agree, the most important hire Bubba Cunningham's ever going to make, right?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I can't imagine what what it's going to be like after. After Roy Williams, after Mike Shashevsky, I mean, we're, we're right—we're right there. We've been sensing it for a long time, and they're old men. We knew this day was coming, but I don't know what Carolina does now. Do they reach out to the family, which they basically have always done, or do they go outside and you know make a shocking hire? To, you know, some of the names that are out there are, are pretty obvious, great coaches. Brad Stevens jumps out at you, but I don't know. Things are going to be different, and the North Carolina program that we've known all our lives, I think we realize for the first time is getting ready to change. The Matt Darty debacle, you know, we we all watched that with raised eyebrows. We knew that wasn't going to work, and it didn't, and... Carolina knew it wasn't going to work in the back of their minds. So, it'll be interesting what they do this time.
1: Matt Doherty will be a guest with us at about this time tomorrow. Ed Hardin's with us now. What would be your reaction if it was either Hubert Davis or Wes Miller?
0: Well, I think Wes is ready. Um, you think? I don't think it. I know it. I know Wes is ready. Wes is one of the best basketball coaches I've ever been around. Why is that? And I've been to his. Pr- I've been to his practices. I think that's. Where you learn about a coach. First of all, he let me come to his practices. You know, not not many coaches do that these days. I'm not sure that I can name any on. I mean, literally standing on the floor during his entire practice, and I've watched it. Watched how he evolves from a, the youngest coach in America to you know taking his team to the NCAA tournament, and he did it unlike Roy you know everybody thought he was going to coach like Williams he's completely different than Roy Williams he's a defensive coach and he's good at it and everybody knows he's good at it so I think I think he's ready I think he wants the Carolina job obviously I think he always knew in the back of his mind that he would get a shot at it he's at least going to be considered and they could do a lot worse
1: I want to play a piece of sound that Roy Williams had to say about Wes Miller. When I asked him about Wes, this is probably this is less than a month ago that I asked Roy about Wes and the job that he's been doing at UNCG. Here's how that sounded.
3: He's a very uh, bright young man. He's very organized. Uh, we talk a lot together now. We talked, uh, I guess, earlier this week or the end of last week. Uh, uh, I guess it was Friday night when he was on the bus going up to He's Tennessee State, but uh, he thinks the game very well. He's just done a great, great job. He truly is going to be a – he's already a big-time coach, but he's going to be a big-time coach at a much bigger program one of these days.
1: So would you would you put him as your front-runner right now to get this job?
3: I mean,
0: if I were Bob Cunningham, I mean, if it were my decision, yeah, I wouldn't think twice about it. But they're going to have to play the game. You know, there's going to be a job search. There's going to be a lot of people involved, including – Michael Jordan, probably. You know, they're gonna they're gonna make it look like a normal coaching search, but we'll we'll probably know pretty quickly. I mean, Wes wants it. We'll know we'll know pretty quickly whether he's going to get it or not. And uh, yeah, I'd hire, I'd hire Wes Miller right now.
1: Give me the best fishing story you have from the last six months. <laughs>
0: Uh, there are very few to tell, I'll
1: tell you that. Really? Um, very few to tell, Ed Hardin. Okay. I've, uh,
0: You know, retiring or being forced to retire in the middle of a pandemic is about what it sounds like. You know, it's like you're left with a lot of time on your hands and you're not sure quite how to fill it. And I always wanted to retire. I dreamed of it. I begged my wife to let me. But when it was when it was forced upon me, you know, the, the transition hasn't been easy. And fishing is, the, is one of the things that just, I don't know. My wife and I slipped away and went to the coast a few months ago. That's the only time I've really been fishing. So we got out on the boat the other night, and it had been a long time. And we realized that for the first time in, since we've lived here in Louisville for six years or more, we have bullfrogs, and we have a lot of bullfrogs. and they were loud, it was cool, we pulled the boat right up on them. And the thing that dawned on me was, I have an entire tackle box of frogs, artificial frogs, and for the first time in my life, I can use them.
1: (laughs) Uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity on the way out, because you mentioned forced to retire and all that. Um, There are so many people listening to this right now, who have been reading you for a very long time, myself included. Um, When something happens abruptly, you probably don't get the best opportunity to tell people how you feel about things. Is there anything you'd like to say to people who've been reading you for a while?
0: Well, I mean, I appreciate them. I
1: always did, even when they were
0: pissed at me. I miss them, you know. Um, I miss having that, That column I I just I miss having that that thing that never went away you know some people can't do the column it's not meant for everybody it's it's a tough job and I grew into it and it became part of me and when when you lose something like that and it's taken away from you you don't get over it quickly and you process it slowly and you know that's what I've been doing I've some days I'm just mad. Some days I'm, you know, wistful. I miss the guys, you know. I miss you. I miss the press box. I miss the games. Not the games themselves, but just being there. Being there two hours early, you know. Yeah. The life. That's what I miss. I miss the life of a sports
1: writer. Ed, I already told you this, but when Winston-Salem hosts Greensboro for the first time in some minor league baseball, uh. I got seats behind home plate with your name written on them, and I'll buy you a beer and a hot dog. How's that sound?
0: Well, I, may, I may sing the national anthem. You never know, Josh. I'll be there. I'd love I'll to hear there.
1: that. You're, you're the best. Thanks for doing this, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, man. See you soon. You got it. There he goes. That's Ed Harden, the legend, and the uh, North Carolina sports writer of the year from last year. Last call for phone calls. Speaking of beer, 336 1600 Last call, Sawyer. Come on. It took me a second. I was like, wait. what?" Come on, man. I feel a lot better after you hear him from Ed. I always do. I miss that guy quite a bit. Who do you think is going to be the next head coach for North Carolina? Uh, I'm kind of with Ed. I kind of want the Wes Miller. I want want Ed. I I want want Wes Miller to get the job. I want That's. I am 100% behind that. That's the guy... Number one, I want to be the next head coach in North Carolina. Do I think he's the best hire? Probably not. That's probably where we disagree. I would hire Jay Wright, Mark Few. I'd call Brad Stevens. You got to make the call, at least. We'll hear from Bubba Cunningham in about an hour. But yeah, I don't think Brad Stevens is going to say he's taking that job. I don't think he's leaving the NBA. But Mark Few, Jay Wright, I, I think he might have a shot there. Those are the first two guys I'd call. My list is five names long. It goes, number one, Jay Wright. Number two, Brad Stevens. Got to try, shoot or shoot. Number three, Mark Few. Great relationship with Roy. He's still under the age of 60. Then it's Wes Miller. Then it's Hubert Davis. Those are the five names I would have on my piece of paper if I'm Bubba. And I know that Bubba Cunningham has to have considered this. Everybody has that list. If you're an AD, you have that piece of paper and a list, a dream list of who you want to hire if something were to happen. If a coach were to leave for a job, if a coach were to retire, if a coach were, you fill in the blank. You have this list. You know exactly. I got a sense Bubba Cunningham already knows who would take the job and who won it. It's North Carolina. It's the Tar Heels. Are you kidding me? It's the biggest basketball job you can find. Stephen A. Smith's talking about it. He threw out another name this morning. This is from First Take, a name that uh, I haven't heard many other people throw out.
4: Y'all might not know this name. Lavelle Moton. The head coach at the University of North Carolina Central, NHBCU. Max Kellerman, the man has won 60% of his games. He's won four regular season titles. He's won four conference titles. He's been to the NCAA a couple of times. The man is right there. He's a Raleigh native. Should have had the damn North Carolina Central job if they they had the sense.
1: Okay, he just got really fired up there. I think he meant to say NC State at the end. Also, come on now. He's... Stephen A. Smith with the Winston-Salem State, HPCU guy, he knows better than to call them the University of North Carolina Central. Come on. It's NC Central. It's North Carolina Central University. We know that. I wouldn't hate a Lavelle hire, but that's not happening. Lavelle's not getting that job.